A welcome to Stephen Pritchard, also a welcome to Sam Rees, who is with work experience with you at the moment, Stephen, and um, we've got his company with us. You can see him on the studio webcam if you'd like. Yes, yes, you can see him, all his schoolmates can see him. Excellent. So, um, in the meantime, let's take a look at what's happening with currencies and commodities. No effect from the state budget, I gather. No, the state budget, I don't think the state budget affects much, really. It's a non-event. Oh, oh. It's a non-event. <laughs> well, it's happened anyway. And it's happening commodities anyway. continue to do whatever. Now, the dollar's down a bit, isn't it? Yeah, the dollar's, the dollar's down um, 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 1.15 cents compared to last week to 73.6 one US cents, and we're down against the uh, the Great British Pound to fifty five point eight nine um, pence, and against the euro, we're down as well to sixty three point six one euro cents. So, so basically, we're down. We're down, down, down. Except mm-hmm. against the New Zealand dollar, where we're up, uh, we're up um, um, a tenth of a cent. So, so okay, so that's go, our holiday. If, if you're going anywhere except New Zealand, it's costing you more. Okay, and send so the gold price. But if you've got a few ounces of gold, you're done all right. That's up twenty one point one cents on the week to seventeen hundred and thirty one dollars an ounce. And the copper price was was down um, 3.26% to $9,254 a tonne. And the crude oil price was down $1.06 a barrel to $101.21. And the All Ordinaries Index and a few other equity markets around the world, the All Ordinaries was um, going against the rest of the world's rest of the trend. It was up 193.5 points and and got to a new, well not a new, but got to a 10-year high yesterday. Um, So we're back to pre-GFC levels for the first time in 10 years. That seems like a long time ago. The GFC so, was longer ago than that, wasn't it? 2009. Oh, was it? Uh, okay. Well, 2000, depending, 2008, 2009. Yeah, I, anyway, now, so um, depending which way you measure it. It seems uh, like ancient history since, already. Well, 10 years, it's a long time. Uh, so we're at 6,323 point one yesterday. Now the rest of the world's gone in the other direction. Um, the Standard and Poor's five hundred was um, down fifteen point two points to two thousand seven hundred and sixty seven. Uh, the UK FTSE index was down one hundred thirty eight point four points to seven thousand six hundred and twenty seven. And um, for stocks that local people like to hold, um, well, unfortunately, BHP was down 65 cents on the week to 32.73. Still uh, over $30, though. Still over yeah. $30, but it's dropped down from 34 um, Two weeks ago, it was 34 mm-hmm. 34.8, so you're down $2 almost. Um, and CBA, CBA was up margin on the week to, um, it was up uh, 5.23%, $5.00. 23 on last week so that's the first time in a while that CBA's back been back over the 72 dollar mark um you know that with some more revelations from the Royal Commission will uh, have the other effect at one stage and NIB was up four cents to five dollars 51 and Telstra was down another 15 cents on the week to two dollars 75 so I still reckon we're going to see that at the two dollars 50 mark it's I mean, fighting but, that mark off yeah well I had a I had a strategy announcement yesterday but the uh, doesn't seem to have created much enthusiasm for the stock. Um, we'll talk about that later with Henry. And um, the fuel prices, um, the unleaded fuel price was down um, 2.4 cents to a dollar fifty-one a litre. And the um, Sydney in Sydney, it was down 0.7 cents to a dollar forty-two point seven. 
So we're still 10 cents a litre above Sydney prices. And um, the diesel price in Newcastle is $1.53.2 and in Sydney is $1.51.7. So there's really no change from those mm, compared to last enough. week. And we're joined now for our weekly market update by Henry Jennings, Senior Commentator with the Markets Today Financial Newsletter. Over to you, Stephen Pritchard. Henry. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. Have you had your snow gear out to go to work? It's almost cold <laughs> yeah. enough. It is a bit cold enough. I have to say, I'm sitting here with my Ugg boots on. So. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that's and not, that's, that's a fashion like, statement, may I like, say. It sounds like a good idea to It is a fashion statement, yeah. And not only that, it's also practical. Are they real Australian Ugg boots or those, those imitation ones from overseas? Well, you know what they say? Ugg on the back. Yes. And I thought they were Ugg boots, but they're Australian wool. Yes. But we appear to send the wool to China. They make the boots, these particular ones, then they send them back to us. Yeah, yeah, so they're not a Mortels one. Which, no. are, which are the genuine ones? Yes. Are they? Yeah, okay. yeah. They I make them up. The, they make theirs up at the factory in uh, at Thornton. So uh, it's very hard to get the um, the genuine ones and know what is genuine and what isn't. I know, I know, I know. That that company actually tried to stop them using the name, and they had it first. Yeah, and no, I remember there was a yeah, big battle yeah, about yeah. it. So. Well, you'll anyway. just have to come up and see the real. Yeah, thing you can come up and see. I, I did my best. Yeah, that's all right. Fair enough. And I did um, my best. the the share market hit a ten year high, Henry. Uh, the share market has blasted off in the last uh, couple of days. Yes, yes. It has just gone completely bananas. We were milling around 6,000 for such a long time. Yeah. It was it was pretty tedious. And now we're 6,236. We're up another 1% today. So we really have just gone uh, ballistic. Um, and what's been driving this, I guess... Um, it's hard to put a finger on it. These things are usually hard to put a finger on. Um, I've had friends phone up and say, well, you know, what, what is going on? Um, and basically, I think what set it off is that the Australian dollar has been weakening and that's made our market look cheap. There's also a bit of defensiveness about it in terms of all these trade wars that are going on between Europe and the US and China and the, the US and that maybe we're a bit of safe haven buying. But there certainly is a, a flood of money that has been hitting our, um, our market in the last um, week or so, which is really, despite all the bad news that's been out there on, on various tweets around the place, um, it just has powered through. And it, some of it is technical when it breaches certain levels, then it forces people into the market. And there's always that FOMO, that fear of missing out yes. that we've talked about before. So um, it really has been led by the banks, which got extraordinarily cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very cheap, um, you know, and we haven't had any bad news in the banks for, well, at least a couple of weeks, I Two guess. Two weeks, three weeks, <laughs> yeah. yes. um, The Royal Commission starts up next week, so who knows, but we'll I, have some more next you know, week. It, it's pretty much, um, I wouldn't say done and dusted, because there's obviously lots of ramifications to come, but Commonwealth Bank settled their Austrack thing yesterday uh, for $700 million. That was That was already been announced, but they had to go to federal court to get approval to, to settle, so that's kind of put that issue to bed. Um, there's a few other things that banks are doing um, to uh, to take the um, the pressure off them. So it's it's the bank. I, I have this thing called the big bank basket, and um, that basically is um, the, uh, just the adding up the share prices of the four big banks. And it kind of when it got down to $147 for the for the four banks, um, it did look remarkably cheap, and that is traditionally um, its level where it does start to bounce from. It's now up to around $157. 
So you can see what a, what a big run we've had in that sector. So it's, it's, been, um, it's been interesting to watch. We've went through peak negativity, and now we're, we're, we're back on the banks of great routine again. Yes. Yeah, so um, let's see what happens. And of course, mm. of course, people who want a fear of missing out, they, what they need to be doing is subscribing to Marcus today, so they well, can get the news in advance. I have to say, we we did go very long the banks. We did go very early as well. So we we did go a few weeks too early. But this this turnaround, we were starting to get a little worried that we'd gone um, wrong. But uh, this turnaround has uh, has been quite. Uh, quite significant I guess and it just shows that there is a price for things and even if they're not growing and there's worries about the housing market etc there is always a price for something and then speaking of prices AGL there's talk that AGL should now be broken up well yeah I feel a bit sorry for AGL AGL should really be left to do their own thing the government interference in in companies um, is not a good look Um, you know forcing companies to do stuff and and whatever, you know, it's all very well to privatise electricity, the grids, um, you know, gas, whatever. It's all very well to privatise all that stuff. But, um, you know, you have to remember there there, there is a cost. Um, And sometimes, you know, stocks like AGL... um, they have to be left to their own devices once you've given them the keys to the mm-hmm. to the um, to the treasure chest. And um, I feel a bit sorry for them. They have been very stubborn about the whole Liddell power station issue, um, but they are moving to renewables, which I guess is a is a, is a good thing longer term. So it, it's I, I guess it's one of the few stocks that really hasn't performed recently either. So uh, maybe there's a chance for some catch up, but at the moment it has been um, pretty uh, pretty pretty much um, dismal performance from AGL on, on many fronts. I mean, really, the whole problem with the energy market is the regulatory, the regulatory framework here is broken. It doesn't work. Yep. They need to go over and have a look what's happening in Iowa, where 50% yep. of the, the power comes from, from renewables and the, the energy cost is a third of here. So I think we need to adopt the Iowa regulatory framework and we might see a reduction in prices. And so we're all blaming the company. The company is just reacting to the regulatory framework. That's right. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's all very well for... Um yeah, the problem is that successive governments, whether they've been Liberal or Labor, have had a completely mm-hmm. rubbish energy policy yep. for the last 15 years, and it's got itself into an absolute mess. Nice. Um, and no matter what Josh Frydenberg does, um, it's still going to be a mess. Interestingly, I did see today that um, China has, um, has been cutting back on uh, putting solar panels in and the renewables, um, and as a result, they've got a glut of solar panels. So solar panel prices have dropped significantly. Oh. So I would ex- actually, weirdly, I've noticed on my Facebook feed that I've been getting a lot of adverts recently about putting solar panels in. So maybe we're going to get some really cheap solar panels to put into our roofs. So maybe that'll sort the power problems out. Yeah, I better go and get some. And yeah. um, uh, IAG is selling their Asian business because it's underperforming. Well, yeah, it's a shame that more companies don't do this. Yes, I guess yes. this is, a, and IAG has actually been a pretty good performer in the market, unlike. Uh, unlike something like QBE, but mm-hmm. IAG has done pretty well. And I, and I guess most people know that, um, let's face it, the biggest household cost that we have, apart from, from mortgages, etc., is insurance. Yep. Insurance for private health, for cars, for, for everything. It, it's quite a scary you know, thing that you have nowadays. Mm-hmm. And IAG have done pretty well. They're pulling out of, as you say, Thailand, Southeast Asia. Um, <clears throat> of course, Warren Buffett's got a, a bit of a shareholding in IAG. And it has really been that the quality stock in the sector uh, 
leaving stocks like QBE well and truly behind. Um, I guess Suncorp you could put in there as well, um, but that's been sort of tarred with the banking brush, whereas IAG really did escape uh, the banking brush completely. Um, Suncorp has perked up as well, but um, IAG has been a superstar in the sector, so it's, it's going well. So Telstra announced a uh, new strategy yesterday going forward, and the share price promptly fell. Uh, so, so, so what do you make of that? a plan so cunning it could go to the become a professor of cunning at Oxford University. So, um, yeah, Andy Penn, um, who's the CEO of Telstra, who's seen the share price halve since he took over from David Thody, um, announced his grand strategy, which, which pretty much involves um, getting rid of 8,000 people. Mm-hmm. You could argue that he's getting rid of 8,000 people to save one job, and that's his own job. Um, you should probably add one to the 8,000 if that's going to happen and put him in there as well. Um, but uh, he's certainly under significant pressure, uh, I guess, in terms of his own gig. Um, they're going to separate the company into a wholesale and a retail thing. They're going to simplify the amount of plans they have. But the upshot is that it's a very competitive market, and we've talked about Telstra before. It's a very competitive market. For 25 million people, we've got four mobile providers fighting over it. Um, and it's tough out there, and customers want service. They want bigger data allowances. They want all the bells and whistles and there's a lot of competition for that and it's really tough for Telstra it's kind of tough for TPG it's kind of tough for Vocus it's kind of tough for Optus or Floptus as they've been known this week after the World Cup fail um, and Vodafone and all these guys they're finding it tough so the, um, I, I thought the interesting thing was um, Andy Penn uh, the way he delivered his, um, his strategy speech yesterday um, he was standing at the lectern hanging on for dear life which I guess is a metaphor um, and he was um, reading from the script and looking down, which to me shows you kind of Telstra is reading from a script and looking down. Whereas yes. most companies these days have a big, um, they have the invisible teleprompters, so the um, the CEO or the politician or whatever can appear to be looking out to the audience, talking off the cuff on a on a memorised speech and actually talking to people and communicating. And the fact that Telstra couldn't even organise a teleprompter, an invisible teleprompter for the guy with the clear perspex, um, to me you know, shows what a problem Telstra has, and that for me was the whole metaphor of Telstra, they're forever looking down, and he's got an accounting kind of mentality not that I've had anything against accountants um, but, you know, he's, he's been a very good number two um, but sometimes you need someone uh, with some vision and some uh, chutzpah, I guess, to uh, to sell the sizzle. And there wasn't an awful lot of sizzle yesterday. Even 5G plans were particularly kind of, oh, yeah, we're going to do 5G. It was, it was um, yeah, it, it should be, the market, has, the market has been focusing on 5G as the great, uh, great saving for Telstra. And he really didn't um, enunciate that particularly well. Yes, I think he needs to go back to the life insurance industry. Well, I, it, that was that was really his last roll of the dice to try and uh, soothe investors. I guess from an, from a shareholder's point of view, um, they did have a profit downgrade in, in amongst all the uh, all amongst all the stuff, um, and the shares, although fell five or six percent yesterday, they really are just back to where they were a week ago before they got an upgrade. But you. Given the market is 6,242 now, up another 70 points today, mm. and Telstra's $2.75. 
Uh, if you're a Telstra shareholder, you do have to question whether you're in the right spot. Yes. Um, and a Chinese developer has acquired 15% of McGrath estate agents. Good luck to them, as far as I'm concerned. Good I, think, luck. I think they must be going to try and sell their apartments through yeah, good luck on that front as well. Um, yeah, McGrath had a big, big rally. I, I mean, this is a one of the few listed uh, property plays, I guess, real estate agents plays. Um, stock popped up. They took fifteen percent, forty-two and a half cents, which was a, a bigger price than it was. They're, they're down another four percent today. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a bit of desperation, I guess, from both parties. Um, but uh, I, I guess it does uh, underpin the stock price and gives them some breathing space, but um, not really one that the market looks at. As I say, when you're up 71 points and the market's going like a train um, and people are talking about 63.50, and even there's some commentators suggesting that we could break the all-time high, uh, which is about 67.50. Now, um, bearing in mind that uh, we pay a lot of dividends, if you put the dividends back in and do it on an accumulation basis, we are massively higher uh, than at that point in 2007 under um, KEF 07 when uh, we hit the all-time high of 67.50. So I think uh, you know, we, we, we've left that behind if you look at uh, the accumulation index of a long time ago. But very impressive performance from the market today mm. and in the last week. It's been extraordinary. And so Viva Energy is looking to raise $5 billion in this? Yeah, it's quite a big one, isn't it? Uh. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we haven't seen any big IPOs um, for a little while. We've um, There's one sort of lurking in the background in Latitude. Um, that one's a uh, financial services mm-hmm. company, and I think they have one of the Baldwin um, promoting that one. Um, so there, there are a few around at the moment, these, um, these big IPOs, but um, a couple have been pulled at the last minute. We had Prosper, which was uh, due to come to the market. That was pulled with 15 minutes to go. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Viva goes. Um, in this market, but certainly you would think, given the um, the excitement, the appetite, and the um, the bullishness of the market, it should go pretty well, right. provided they price it right. Yeah, yeah. And then Rob Rob Priestley's had to step down from the ASICS board because of uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the scandal with Morgan's JP Morgan rather. And yeah, and I, I, and you know, I, I don't know if this is. I mean, this is, this is obviously a biggest issue, and there's a lot of things swirling around it. But you know, these guys were joint underwriters to an ANZ uh, placement back in the, the dark days of 2015, when the banks needed some money. And um, the, the, the allegation is that they acted as a cartel together to, uh, I guess, one to mislead the market in terms of how much was actually taken up, and then secondly, in terms of uh, selling the. the, the the stake that they were left with as underwriters into the market now um, that has kind of been not standard industry practice but that that's the sensible thing that a, a joint underwriters would do is they would uh, pool their resources as joint underwriters and and, and uh, manage the position for the benefit mm. of all um, I think where they've gone wrong is that they haven't told the market the full story yeah. and that's probably what they'll get pinged on um, but it does um, you know it's not a good look JP Morgan has seems to dobbed in the other two players uh, involved um, so they're not going to be popular tonight at the Stockbrokers Awards mm. and um, that's yeah it's, it's interesting but there's certainly some big 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 weeks big heavy hitters involved in this and the um, 
the, the authorities are really going after them. It's criminal stuff. It's uh, jail mm. time if it's, uh, if it's proven. So, mm. yeah, this one's got a bit of a way to run. And so for all the, all the latest updates and to make sure you don't have any fear of missing out, what do you, what you need to do? Uh, you can sign up to marcustoday.com.au and uh, I think, uh, you know, we've got a little bit of time before the end of the tax year, but um, if you do, some people can uh, deduct it from their, uh, from their tax, so it can be tax-effective as well as um, being lucrative in terms of our share tips. Yes. There is, of course, a two-week free sign-up uh, trial, isn't there, Henry? Oh, there is. You can have a two-week free trial to see how good we are. Yes. yes okay. Or not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And home loans are the topic now. Stephen Pritchard. Yeah, I mean, home loans. At one time, people used to go and get a home loan and, you know, they'd take the home loan out for 20 years and make the repayments and at the end of the 20 years... It, um, it'd all be paid off. It'd all be paid yeah. off. Now, certificates. Yeah, yeah, so... But these days, you need to um, you need to do a bit of research to keep an, keep an eye on your home loan. And, and um, one, one of the things I really hate... I really hate is when the bank comes along and you've, you, you're this customer and you've been there for, you know, whatever, and then they, they offer a, a lower rate for new customers, right? So, so yeah. I'm not talking about this introductory honeymoon, right? They, they, they give them that. That's fine. That's just a promotional thing. That's fair enough. But then they give you a, a, a lower rate going forward and you need to you know i only discovered this bikes and on the website on the certain bank says that um this rate's only applicable to loans ended into after a certain date and of course the old customers are left there paying a home uh, a, a higher rate unless yeah. you actually notice so so what i recommend you you need to have a look at um at least once a year look at look at the rate that you're being charged on your home loan and of course it's on the statements now and 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 look at what the bank's current offer rate is and if if the current offer rate is lower than what you're paying, you need to go in and tell them you want it reduced. Do I notice the same sort of MO as the energy companies? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as bad. Though. I don't think it's as bad. Okay, so home loan rates. And generally yeah. speaking, you get a fairly good reception for that? Well, they try to, I mean, uh, they try to um and ah, and of course they say that's only for new loans. But of course, even they've sold you one of these package things, which they try to do now, so they package up your home loan, your credit card, and you know. Of course, there's no fees on it. So the answer to you, your your response is, well, what we'll do is you can approve a new loan and do all that paperwork, and that'll then be a new loan and pay out the old loan. Ah, yes. Okay, with the money that you get from the new loan. The, the new loan. And it just creates a huge amount of work for the bank, and then they... they, 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 uh, they come around to your well, way they did, Yes. <laughs> okay. So they don't want to have to go through all that again and not get any fees. And the other thing you need to watch now, there's a certain bank um, that was, was approving loans, um, and then they have another brand. Yes. And the other brand was basically set up to take on other loans from other institutions. But you could get a, you could walk into the branch of uh, this bank, get a loan there, and then ring up their other brand, and just swap the loan across and get a cheaper rate. Well, that works <laughs> so you for the need customer. to you need to not only look at the principal brand. Like if the bank's got one brand, you need to look at the other brands they're marketing under, yes. and then see if you can swap. Uh, and there's a couple of institutions that do um, have more than one brand there. Okay, that's interesting. When you say brands, you mean like oh, like 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 Westpac's got multiple brands. It's got uh, it's got Westpac. It's got St George. It's got uh, does it have Bank South Australia? Bank of Melbourne, okay. and they're all got different rates, but it's the same organisation. Right. CBA's got um, CBA, Bank West, mm. um, NAB's got NAB, 
It's got that online thing, Union Bank. Um, so you need to have a look at what rates are being offered by the same institution across the different brands. Mm, so, okay. And... Um so one of the the other things that lots of people fall into a trap with, lots of people fall into a trap is, is they decide they want a new car and they want to go on a holiday or something. So what the bank will then do, or the financial institution will do, they'll offer you to, uh, what you can do is you can redraw on your home loan. Yes. Well, the problem with, with the problem with doing that is is that, that you're effectively going to pay the the car off over 20 or 15 years. Sure, you're going to get a cheaper rate, but the actual interest you're paying is is far higher than what you would have if you'd taken a short-term loan. So so what you need to tell the bank or the other financial institution is, yes, we, we, we want it doing the home loan, but we want it in a separate account and we want to pay it off over five years. Okay. Okay, so you, that way you get the reduced interest rate because they're still using your house as security, but you're paying off the loan at a shorter term. And in now, a separate Yeah, area. so there's nothing wrong. Right, there's nothing – if you're paying off your car over 15 years, you're not going to have the car in 15 years' time and you're still paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, so you need, to go, you need to go back to the short term and, and tell them you want it on a separate account on the home loan. And, and they can all do that if you push them along. So, in other words, you really do need to keep an eye on you your home loan. You need to keep loan. an eye on your home loan. How much you're paying. How much, how much, how, how much you're paying. Well, what interest rate they're charging. Yes. Uh, most of the banks have uh, these packages, which are usually pretty good value, where they give you a credit card and a home loan and waive all the fees. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it's usually just the interest rate you need to keep an eye on and make sure they're not increasing the package fees. Um, but, yeah, watch that they're not offering the newer newer customers a cheaper base rate than you. So, and it happens all the time. And look at the different brands across the same bank. So you just have to be aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep your eyes yeah, open. If you're a St George customer and Westpac's offering a cheaper rate, but bear in mind it's exactly the same company, um, Ask, ask the St. George person why, why you're not getting the Westpac rate. Check your home loan. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. That is a Thursday finance for today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.